Hi guys, Stephen here. This is just a quick heads up on the following podcast you're about to listen to, which is uh, the Avengers uh, Endgame spoiler special. You probably know because you probably clicked it, potentially, anyway. Uh, so yes, myself and the two Scots, uh, I'll introduce them, of course, on the podcast. We do this podcast and it goes for two and a half hours. So yeah, quite a, quite a lengthy podcast. Uh, the reason I'm recording this, though, is because only on editing the podcast did I realise for some reason there was a technical malfunction and only one mic was recording. So I've edited massively as best I can. However, the quality certainly isn't quite as good as you've come to expect from the Capiche Filmcast. So you probably won't notice any difference. But uh, no, it, it generally is not quite as good and it's as it's a two, at least two hour and a half hour podcast. I'm a little gutted to say the least and uh, just want to apologise in advance. Uh, so you're about to listen to that podcast, but with that knowledge that it isn't quite as good as this. Yeah, so I hope that doesn't really uh, ruin the enjoyment of this podcast. Um, both um, Scots really brought it. This is actually really fascinating podcast i think we really delved into this film and it's still an enjoyable experience despite the technical issues and the other thing i'm going to say is i'm going to edit it so that it's going to be split so i'm going to do three different parts and i'm going to try and cover each act of the film within each podcast so it'll be split um, where best i feel is the best place to end it so the podcast you're about to listen to is going to cover essentially our credentials from the point of view of Marvel fans as well as the first act of the film. And so that's all I've got to say right now. Anyways, on that note, I'll let you enjoy the rest of the podcast, which by the way is a spoiler special of course, so the usual disclaimer ahead of that. All right then. of the Capiche Filmcast. Stephen Barry here, joined by not just one Scott, but two Scots. First two's, of all, two's better than one. Aye. Apparently, apparently I've been outnumbered. Uh, Scott Armour, you're back for the first time in quite a while, actually. I think the last time we spoke about Venom or The Predator. Um, no, it was only five minutes ago. Uh, well, no, I just, uh, unless we went back in time or something, <laughs> some jiggery-pokery, you some mean, time heist you, stuff I, going on. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so Scott Armour. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> official official welcome back. And Scott Curtis. Yeah, that's the one. Yep. Uh, we, we haven't had you on. This is interesting. It's the first time I've actually met you as well, so this will be pretty good to get to know you. Nice and awkward. I know. Imagine. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, first uh, first 10 minutes of getting to meet you and I put a microphone in your face and make you talk on Tell a roll, uh, yeah. Yeah. Tell, me, tell us three things about yourself. <laughs> what motivates you? And we're done. <laughs> you want to leave okay we are here for a special edition of the podcast this is going to be Avengers Endgame spoiler special we previously did one last year on a nice sunny uh, day uh, outside for Infinity War and 
not keeping with that tradition, we're doing this in a much smaller clustered room. Yeah. But yeah, so this is going to be a spoiler special on that film. And before we go into it, uh, we'll give the usual disclaimer. If you haven't seen the film and actually don't want to hear things like, say, Tony Stark dying, <laughs> Black Widow dying, anything else I can spoil, uh, yeah, don't don't listen to this podcast. In fact, you'll probably regret that you've just listened as far as this. Well, I was going to say you've literally just spoiled it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The disclaimer. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, maybe but, cut that. Maybe you work on that. Aye. Aye, aye. No, they should know. It's going to be in the title. Well, I, th- I suppose, I suppose <laughs> I you, sh- you should have led with, if you haven't seen the film... Why not? Aye. Yeah. Aye. Let me just start that again. If you haven't seen the film, why the fuck not? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yes, that's that's the disclaimer out of the way. And uh, We'll go into spoilerific detail on many facets of the film, hopefully. Mm. So yeah, we'll be going into all sorts of details, all the characters, things that we want to discuss, major plot points, the... Th- each act more or less covered, um, as well as the director, music, things like that. Before we start, I would like to just maybe give a quick... We covered it in the last time. Or cover our credentials with the Marvel films. Just where we're coming from, so people get to know kind of what our thoughts are and what experiences we've had with the films. I'll start. Uh, I think, essentially, Avengers Assemble was my very first experience with anything to do with Marvel, other than, say, the Spider-Man films mm-hmm. from before. The MCU definitely was Avengers Assemble. Fell in love with it, essentially from the Joss Whedon being the director and writer. He was obviously from Buffy, big fan of that, and Angel and stuff stuff like that. Uh, And through the rest of the film, they slowly started to appreciate what they were doing with it. And I think only from seeing the failures from, say, the DC films, Mm. they realised that Marvel actually were really onto something. (laughs) So it happened over time, and in the last escalation of the last three years I've absolutely fallen in love with this, these films so have you seen every, every film nope that's what I was going to get to there has oh, been yeah, sorry. there has been missed films actually mostly the last two before this one uh, so you've not seen four Ragnarok that's not the last two Ant-Man and the Wasp oh yeah and uh, Captain Marvel which was this year this is the second uh, film right, sorry uh, so maybe, maybe not missing a lot Mm, we'll talk about that. I think Captain I, Marvel was alright. No, no, it was good, aye, but in terms of the... We'll, we'll cover Captain Marvel. As a character, I think this film, obviously there's an expectation, I think, that you've seen Captain Marvel a little, because mm. it didn't feel like she got much time, but we'll no, go into that in more know. detail. Um, anyway, so that and the Iron Man 3 film, I haven't seen fully. I've seen yeah, the first half an hour of it. Probably best. I've heard different. I've heard mm. that. Side I didn't side. mind it. I preferred it to the second one. Yeah. I've heard that's the one that actually is the sort of trickier film that's less less popular. So that's that's my entry in the films. I was never a comic book fan, never watched any of the cartoons, didn't know anything about these characters. Um, so this has been a fun ride for me. Mm. Scott Curtis. Yes. Let's, uh, let's let's what's what's your credentials with these? Films? I grew up obsessed with Spider Man. Right. Uh, is that from the cartoons first? I think it started with the cartoon, and then I started doing the comics, mm-hmm. and then... Kind of just... Yeah, into just fell into it. Uh, then the movies came out, like the original movies came out, uh, got them tattooed on me. Oh, really? I just obsessed with Spider-Man. Spider-Man tattoo? Yeah, have you not seen it? No. Where well, is it? Somewhere. Is it somewhere, oh, it's is it somewhere a, that's free to show? Yeah, right. Obviously um, not for the listeners. No, no, but... Uh, <laughs> Doesn't video for And yet, so, with regards to all the Marvel <clears> movies... <throat> Anything comic booky, I'll go watch, but especially the MCU movies. I'll even watch the DC ones, but they are mm. awful. Well, they've 
they've had a oh well oh yeah. nice mm-hmm. he's shown us the tattoo for anyone nice. who wants to know that <laughs> uh, pretty awesome um, the DC films you mentioned yeah they've they've definitely mostly all been misses I would say but I would say the last couple have been decent mostly I'm referring to Wonder Woman and Aquaman and Aquaman's case it's not even brilliant it was just it was better than expected I think it was just the fact that it was it was just batshit crazy. You didn't, it, and it, what it probably did, and it was its benefit. Batshit. It was not. It tried not to link it to Justice League and yeah. that actual universe. It was very much. Uh, it was very much a standalone film. There was about two or three references to the previous yeah. universe, but other than that, it was about a film. Well, that's that's what they're trying to do now. Uh, they realise they have not been able to do the connecting storyline very well, say the way that Marvel has, um, and so they're now realising just make good films. Uh, Scott, uh, are, oh, so you're you were saying that you, Scott Curtis, uh, it's going to get confusing by the way. Yeah, we need to kind of come up with a, oh, one and two. Aye, what? <laughs> Who's going to be one and two? I'll let it fight it out. Who's uh, Scott's got better tattoos than me, so right. you can be not <laughs> Scott Curtis is Scott number one. Uh, Scott one. So you were saying, uh, obviously, the cartoons and things like escalated mm-hmm. into comics from Spider Man. Is that that was your entry point? Is where else then did uh, your interest in these films come through? So just ever since the first film, like I, even like the Hulk, Yeah, yeah I was watching like Incredible Hulk, like on screen. Uh, so yeah, anything comic booky, even like the old Punisher movie. I'm like, mm, I didn't mind because <clears> I'm seeing Punisher on screen. So was that the uh, Thomas Jane? That film, it was that was alright, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was quite violent mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. It should be. Uh, okay, cool. So massive comic <clears> book <throat> film guy. Uh, it made him fit into the MCU. Well, that's the the thing as well because they they mix it up, don't they? So oh, yeah. people who know the comics inside out still have something to look forward to. Yeah. It's not just seeing exactly as it is yeah. on the page, which is something that's very very tricky to do. It can always can you know anything that kind of goes against canon that people expect can always go wrong. Star Wars mm-hmm. is ones I would say that get it wrong. Um, with mm. canon violations mm. and prequels and stuff. We won't mm. go into that. Uh, Scott Armour, Scott number two. I think we can just say number one and number two right. rather than Aye. Scott number two and Scott number okay. one. Number two. Yeah. So I, very similar to uh, Scott, um, grew up with loving comic book characters. I would probably say that I was mainly, I was mainly brought up on DC if I'm honest mm. with you. Oh. I think the Superman mm. was definitely, as a boy, loved the character. Um, Batman as well, as as I got older, so it was, I was a bit, it was a, I was a Superman kind of, kind of boy type thing. Um, but as the more cartoons you read, the more comic books you read, it kind of just like, I don't really care if it was Marvel or DC, loved Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, X-Men, all of that. And then that opened up to your Incredible Hulk's Iron Man. So when I, when the idea of an Iron Man film coming out, I knew the character, and I was stoked for it. Like couldn't wait, but didn't know it was going to be part of this, you know, cinematic yeah. event. Uh, which I don't is, think anyone does. You know, so um, for me, for my, and and then obviously the so you would probably say historically DC probably had the edge simply because there wasn't a an influx of Marvel films 
You know what I mean? There was some characters. I mean, even Blade can be classed as uh, Marvel, I yep. think, isn't it? Yep. So, uh, Steve. I know. Bad form. I'll put my phone onto silent. I will never have it on loud as well. It's, you've obviously got to do a forfeit. Yeah. Uh, so uh, pretty much you were DC and then brought up DC but I had a, a vast, vast knowledge of, of the, the Marvel uh, characters as well um, but as I say when Iron Man came out and I seen that it was like and even as Scott says the Hulk film Punisher film um, even the Spider-Man trilogy uh, aye everything just just give me it I yep. want to see it mm-hmm. Uh, pure escapist fun when, 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 well. ah, when done well um, and I think the the DC universe or Snyderverse is what it's <laughs> probably kind of known as less now that he's not really but I think that that was impacted because I think that was just purely a, a a production thing it was basically right okay so Man of Steel I actually like Man of Steel I haven't I'm watched probably it probably on one of the one of the few that wasn't it. a huge fan. Uh, when I, I get, I can understand why people. This didn't. Is, so far, this is just a DC spot. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand. We'll cover two minutes on this, and then we'll move on. Totally to can understand why people didn't relate to it. It was a complete, uh, you know, you know, change of speed to your Christopher Reeves camp sort of, you know, cheesy Superman. It was portraying an alien, and it was quite dark. I quite liked that. Um, I mean, there has the been the problem. The problem with with that is, is that I think it was a it was a production company and basically say, okay, so let's base our entire DC universe to try and get up to speed with Marvel. They basically based it around that Man of Steel because then Man of Steel turned into Batman versus Superman. It was a very kind of fast forward into try and get as many characters as we can in one film. Whereas you've got Marvel, who actually started off Iron Man gets his own film, yeah. Thor, Hulk. They they escalated the the pacing of those films yeah. in terms of the release was all over the place. They escalated too quickly. Batman versus Superman should have been a major event aye, and could aye. have been an absolutely epic film. Well, that's just the sort of film that you aye. would think you would build up to. Well, if you think how many how many didn't... films how many films were released before Avengers? Yeah, exactly. There was five, I think. Aye, so, you, so you had, but Justice League is essentially the Avengers mm-hmm. for DC, but you had two films. So, on. But anyway, for my my my, uh, my I've seen every uh, film. I probably did see them in the order they were released. Mm. So um, all of the week and so credit scenes. You've not missed any of them. No, you have not missed any. Nope. of them? got one. No. Okay, so I'm. Um, you know. Um, you yeah, got that catching up to yeah. then, to be honest. I don't think you're qualified. No. This, uh, <laughs> I think I've seen more. Um, <laughs> right, okay, so we've covered our credentials, more or less uh, qualified, I would say. Apart from you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So let's let's get into this one then. 22nd film in this cinematic universe. Just saying that, right? That is the Quantum of Solace of the Bond franchise, as far as I'm aware. Mm. That's... And infinitely, infinitely better than Quantum of Solace. And also within 11 years of filmmaking. Yeah, it's insane. It's insane. You know, it's we average we were, two a year. Aye, we were talking, it's just, I don't think uh, 
you probably didn't think that this would happen in your lifetime. Like when we look back, we were obviously younger when the Star Wars, the initial Star Wars <laughs> boom was out. Uh, even Lord of the Rings was quite a big event. I but think at the, think, the time it this, was definitely yeah. not to take it away from the Lord of the Rings films. I don't think they're as maybe you knew it was a trilogy, yeah. and it was definitely hype around it, um, especially Return of the King. But I think this is one of the most uh, ambitious events yeah. in terms of cinema. There's been nothing. Like, there's been nothing like it. I mean, you've had like your huge trilogies, but there's been nothing like this interwoven universe. So it's not even like a. This generations something. Uh, it's uh, just a, it's your un- own unique. Uh, and every film, amazing. The, crazy, the, the thing I think that, that it makes it even better is every film, every separate solo film is so different. You look at mm-hmm. the. I was a wee bit disappointed in Iron Man 3, um, but if you look at the, the Iron Man trilogy, even the Thor trilogy, I mean, Thor Ragnarok is so different. Yep. Tonal, pace, from Thor. Thor 2 is probably my least favourite films in that whole series is Thor 2 mm-hmm. and Iron Man 3. I think Thor 2 probably is the weakest. All different. Not of the Thor 2 is the weakest in the entire Marvel uh, I would have thought the Hulk, then the, the Incredible Hulk. The uh, Edward Norton one. Uh, I actually quite liked that. It was alright. It, I would say it's probably the weakest I've seen. Thor 2 definitely for me. I just can't... I think for me... Poor, poor, Thor poor 2 characters, poor, uh, was like passable. It was fine I, I, because I didn't really know. I didn't hadn't seen Thor one. Didn't mm. know anything about the character. I just knew that it was the next. But you've seen Thor two. That was before Thor. Yeah. So remember, I'd only seen Avengers. Did you Gems see you before that fight? <laughs> this is the thing. I'm watching these films way out of order. Right. I hadn't seen the Iron Man films when they first came out. I'd missed all of the hype around them. Mm. I think I'd missed films around that time. I don't remember a lot going to see films in 2000. Were you alive for that? <laughs> I remember it was uni and I was doing my dissertation. Oh, that was you, uh, a stressful time. <laughs> 2008. Um, so anyways, uh, this is an amazing, amazing achievement. And three hour film... Three hour and one minute. Is it? Is it a three hour and one mm-hmm. minute? Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. I thought it was actually just short. Appreci- overly appreciative of that one minute. Oh, aye. Of that what credits? Yeah. Aye. The, <laughs> the, the hitting of the hammer. Is the Spider Man trailer part of that three hours, or is that separate? No, 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 no. It's separate. Yeah. Uh, it's separate. That just added on. Yeah. Uh, so when I first seen it, and it was on release day. I'm 100% positive that the Spider-Man trailer played before it, and now when I've seen it the second time, they've it, added that Tom, Holland, Tom Holland's got I a... I think they've done a new one, because I think the first Spider-Man trailer didn't allude to the fact that Tony Stark had died, ah, right, okay. whereas this is a new trailer they now play at the end, mm-hmm. which and now... he's quite sad, and there's... Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll need to touch on that, we'll definitely get to that at the end <laughs> of this, probably where we're going to go, what we think's going right. to... What is Phase 4? Uh, this is... As far as we're aware, this is the end of phase three. Oh, 100%. If you check Wikipedia, Wikipedia, phase three ends at Spider-Man. Yeah. So that's what confused me, which is a bit of an anticlimax. I think that this should have been the end of phase three. As far as I'm aware, it is. I'm going to, in my head, it is, because this feels like the epic drop of the bomb. Like, the sort of, most of the main Avengers are now off the table. I think what I'm, I I think the way that, I'm best for me best trying to articulate it is if you complete a game which you've spent a hundred hours on, for example, an Assassin's Creed, and you've completed the main story, and then there's a a mission 
after the main story and it's just like yeah you need to go and collect some things and blah 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 Doesn't that's what Spider-Man yeah. kind of feels like to me downloadable content of the Aye. MCU not even downloadable just uh, just uh, oh you, you need to go and see how your mum's doing <laughs> collect <laughs> all the Riddler Aye. trophies and exactly that. exactly um, that's kind of what it feels like I'm not saying I'm not stoked for it uh, Tom Holland I wasn't a fan of Tom Holland it's, uh, I mean uh, I, don't, it, I think this they, would be a good film and this is the type I, of film they I, should I, should have a, a lighter film yeah. after this, like the the sort of heaviness of the last the Infinity War sort of saga. I, I don't think they. But we'll go, we'll go on to that. Right? Uh, we'll go on. To but that. I'm still stoked for Spider Man. Um, I just feel as if I'm a wee bit like right. Okay, I'm I'm all right. We've been done with yeah. the, the the whole Avengers and that kind of phase. So having Spider Man come out at this point, still go and see it. But I might just be like, yeah. I don't think it's going to have the impact that I'm wanting it to have on me, put it that way. Well, if that makes sense. That sounds like expectation management. What is the impact you want? If you're wanting essentially Endgame. Well, basically, it can't follow Endgame. No, no. Nothing no. It's what the problem Ant Man and the Wasp had. Right. It followed Infinity War. So, if Spider Man Far From Home is the first film in the new. You know, if that is the new Iron Man as such, going into that new phase. Then I'm okay with that, but if it's going to be tying in with Endgame, well, they'll have to. Every I think, you know, we will go into all of this all the time, uh, the time implications. But every film they do now, I think, unless it's a prequel, mm-hmm. will have to somehow address the five year gap that's happened, and also the repercussions of having an entire half of the universe. Reappear, yeah, five years later. Aye, if the do films don't me? address aye, that, aye, that's fucking aye. ridiculous, and I'm out. <laughs> but because um, that is insane, because it's the Avengers have unleashed chaos upon the world, and nobody. I don't think it's. Yeah. Anyways, we'll get on to that. So let. So we've kind of covered general uh, the film as an amazing achievement. We all love it. I'm assuming. Yeah. Yep. We'll give our official obvious rating, yeah, I think, yeah, at the yeah, end. Yeah. We'll do the five-star rating, which is probably going to get. Um, where do you want to start with just kind of taking this film apart? Uh, I mean, we could do... I suppose it kind of does come in... It does really come in three sections. It is. It it's quite obvious. The, the, I thought the three-act structure is yeah, quite clear. Yeah, it's aftermath of Infinity War. There's a much more the, dour tone to yeah, it. You've then got the kind of sort of lively... Time heist, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, that's what the, and then the final battle. Yeah, the mm-hmm. sort of release of the yeah, whole thing. Yeah. It just is a 40 minute, just amazing uh, pitch battle, just characters meeting up. It's just mm-hmm. amazing character moments. What did you think of the instant demise of Thanos? Right, so we're talking about Thanos. Oh, the start. Yeah. Right, okay, let's talk about let's talk about the first act then, just as a sort aye, of general aye. thing. So, or else we could do the way you did watching the films and we could talk about the last <laughs> act and then going back to the There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> this is a spoiler cast. We can do what we want. Um, okay, so you mentioned Thanos. Then let's talk about Thanos. Yeah, so it seems as if they, it seems as if they're um, feeling a wee bit sorry for themselves. The whole kind of Avengers and the, and the, the world. characters. Um, obviously, it starts with Tony Stark on the the ship. Well, I and suppose it has the the very first scene is the amazing scene with Clint on the farm, uh, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is great because then you know what's you know going, he's going to you know, you know what's going to happen. It turns around, dust, yeah, really, it's quite hard hitting. Aye, aye. Um, but then yes, it cuts to Tony Stark, yeah, 
And then that's obviously when you're introduced to Captain Marvel, who comes and saves the day, not for the first time uh, in the film. And then just very quickly getting reintroduced. I really like. I really like in this film, even early on, there's callbacks to previous films. So I've recently watched Age of Ultron. Mm. Yes, sorry, I was so, thinking there. Uh, <laughs> I just watched it um, so rude. on Netflix. <laughs> And uh, there's a few things. There's there's a good few callbacks. Absolutely, you and you don't you don't probably. I suppose when you you're watching the end game and even Infinity War actually, you don't notice at the time. But no. actually, when you look back at Ultron, there's a lot of things in Ultron. Which, it's the it's the dream sequences. It's which like be specific now. Which ones you talking about? How do you mean? What's what sequences? So the dream sequence that Tony Stark imagines the the end of the world. So when Black Widow gets in his mind. He he foresees a, a Scarlet Witch. Bleak, a Scarlet Witch, sorry. He foresees a bleak sort of dream sequence. Okay. That he's, that all the kind of uh, Chitari and yeah. you don't necessarily see Thanos as such. I actually Thor, that one. Thor has the dream sequence of that's when you first are really introduced into the Infinity Stones. Because yeah. Thor actually says these things are Infinity Stones, blah, blah, blah. And Tony Stark talking about uh, Ultron. We need a coat of armor around the world. Yes, so that, obviously that coat I, of armor reference. So obviously, um, that's what he says. That's the kind of argument between him and Captain America. There's obviously still a wee bit of bad blood between them, purely because of civil war, mm-hmm. uh, which nicely was tied up. Though it felt like they got over their differences because of, course, of the yeah, stakes aye, of the film. Of course, it was yeah. a great sequence. You could tell they didn't have to say it, but you knew aye. what the scene was about when they were essentially just kind of. Yeah, agree to disagree. Aye, aye, We've got aye. bigger fish to fry. Um, you're talking about Thanos. How did we go into that? So then, obviously, the so I think obviously Captain Marvel brings them back, brings Tony Stark back. They figure out that the the energy source from the snap, the original snap, a cult, and is located on a another uh, planet, which Nebula obviously confirms is that's where her dad would have went to retire or, you know, um, live in peace, I suppose. So then it was quite interesting because you kind of think that there's going to be another battle between them, but actually it's quite the opposite. They turn up and Thanos is this week. He's used the snap. The um, His retirement plan is quoted by aye. Uh, Don Cheadle. I like that. Aye, aye. So... Um, he obviously has used it for a second time to destroy the stones so the Avengers can't get them back and then get everyone back. So then that kind of further adds to the bleakness of the start of the film. It kind of carries on from Infinity War. Well, you can see from just the look of the characters, Thor is sitting, like, not saying a word. Aye, hunched over. Hunched over. He's yeah. obviously got the biggest weight on his shoulders. Yeah. He was the one that could have yeah. stopped it and didn't. Mm. And he feels that guilt. Um, as well as, I suppose... Mark Ruffalo's character, the the Hulk, he'd obviously not been able to. What was his? Because he wasn't. He obviously didn't really perform the same. The Hulk didn't really show up. Yeah. So his story arc starts in in Thor Ragnarok. He's obviously. Well, well, in fact, you know what? It actually, it actually starts in uh, Ultron, yeah. Age of Ultron, because uh, there's a lot of stigma between uh, and the Hulk. Uh, Scarlet Witch gets into his head. He hulks out. The public are obviously terrified of him. Uh, and after the Chekovia sort of incident, the Hulk actually gets the Quinjet and, and disappears mm-hmm. and goes off the radar. Obviously, further finding out that he's in, um, what's the planet? Sakaro? Sakaro? Oh, something like that, yeah. Um, and Thor Ragnarok. 
Uh, and then obviously the, the you know, that's us. But he's, Hulk was actually, he was the Hulk for two years. So Bruce Banner was trapped in the Hulk, if that makes sense. Yep. Then he comes comes back, and I think that's where the turmoil is because Bruce Banner is now saying, "I actually don't want to go into the Hulk because I don't know if I'll mm-hmm. ever get back out again." So that's the turmoil. It did, it did, it did turn into for me one of the weakest well, plot lines of Infinity War and even Endgame. Well, we'll talk about uh, the Hulk as a character later, especially the Professor Hulk change, uh, like the his. You know, after the five years, we'll go into that in more detail. We're talking about. Thanos, then this the sort of main rug pull, I suppose, of, is um, is that I would probably say we so. kill the, the villain aye. within what was it, fifteen minutes or something? Aye, I liked it because they're all pretty much like gung ho. It's like we've got this idea. Captain Marvel's there saying, "Well, I'm here now. It's going to be different. Let's get the Infinity Stones. Let's go do our thing." Yeah, and then it doesn't go to plan, and no. literally <clears throat> Thor walks away because of like. We've messed up. We actually can't fix this one. For the yeah. first time, they've not been able to save the day. Yeah. Uh, so I really liked how it's just a case of they realise that they can't do everything. They can't yeah. be the heroes. And yeah. these people that they, you know, have always held out hope that they would get them back actually are going to be gone. Yeah. They are Aye. all gone. Yeah. Um, Animals as well, everything, half of the universe. Aye. Aye. And it's I think it's, it's definitely interesting. I think that was when it hits them, that moment. Aye. That scene when Thanos says the lines "I am inevitable" for mm. the first time in the film, which I love that yeah, line, nice. um, and when they realise that they can't use the stones again, uh, and Thor obviously then unleashes and <clears throat> beheads him, which was quite uh, for a film that's probably going to be seen by kids. It was quite a quite risky. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, it was. I suppose in that sense, it was graphic at the start. He gets, uh, you know, his arm gets dismembered. Uh, ah, to, yeah. take mm-hmm. the, to take the mm-hmm. the the glove off type thing, um, and you probably do see that rage of of revenge, I suppose, as avenge type thing. Uh, and for um, I really liked it. I thought it kind of again it set oh, it's that a brilliant kinda, sequence. The way it was shot as well, uh, and it set the tone. Um, and then obviously you get into that. It's five years later, and it's a really great scene when. Uh, Black Widow is sort of the the kind of she's in the Avengers. So base. yeah, it comes up. Black, uh, black screen five years later which is wasn't expecting that I wasn't expecting five years but I also wasn't expecting the whatever it's based to be as desolate as well, what it was yeah. let's, let's go into that then so five years have passed right now we spoke about this and the human race has a good way of adapting to a lot of things yeah. it does feel like the, the film the writers have kind of overemphasized the impact that Yes, a horrible thing has happened, but usually within five years, it might not seem on the surface that that would much have changed. You still have, if you took 50% of the the street of Glasgow away, it would still look sometimes like a busy place. Yeah, I mean, -hmm. mean, it's like... So it looked like it was like... It pans over the, the, the baseball stadium and it's all desolate desolate. there's boats abandoned yeah, there's like two people the, walking the harbors, <laughs> and you're kind of like right okay and then but but it's it's strange because it's it's interesting as well because there's that there's that which i think is a really great scene because captain america is actually just in he's in the the sort of the, support, the, group, the support group thing which is is it uh one of, one of the resources yeah 
I don't know. I can't remember. I don't know what one. Aye. Anyway, one of the, the characters, the first time that the Marvel Universe has acknowledged uh, a, a gay person. Did Is you that catch that line? Well, yeah, yeah. well, it's interesting because it's like I've actually been, I've actually seen a lot of reviews criticizing Endgame for not uh, having more. I think they had this whole scene, though. Anything else would have been forced, and that scene just felt unnatural. So natural. Yeah, uh, it was uh, just... Guy, he just says a bit... Uh, what, what was this? He's trying to get confidence to, to sort of live again and, and feel good about himself. And he, and he, doesn't, he doesn't say it. The language used isn't like, oh, me and my... It's just... It's basically... Well, it's I, was, I, was out for, I was out for dinner with my partner, and he... That's that's what yeah, that's what it is, yeah. And he started crying, and I didn't. So it's very very subtle, yeah. But it's not yeah. forced. It wasn't like it's like I went on a gay date, aye, and then aye, yeah, aye, aye. yeah. The film wasn't trying to show off about it because I suppose they haven't earned the element to do that. The twenty-two films in maybe that I didn't realize it didn't occur to me that that's the first time that's that's even been mentioned. <clears> but also, I didn't. I don't even know if I picked it up the first time because it wasn't just slowly. No, I did, and then but the review. I thought the reviews were were. Yeah, reviewing the film because the community wasn't portrayed more, and I'm kind of like. I think sometimes that's a bit much. It's, it's, yeah, uh, it's almost criticising the uh, film because if it yeah. if it did try and, I mean, what I don't know. I think maybe going forward there can be more done, but it should be justified, not justified, but just feel natural. And this felt natural in that scene, <clears throat> which is a character yeah. talking, and it wasn't the film wasn't trying to. Well, I think that's, I mean, a totally off topic, but I think there. DC are doing that with Catwoman. All right, I've not really right. paid attention because it's Catwoman. It's she's she's cast as Ruby Rose. I don't know if Catwoman. Oh, uh, Batwoman. And Batwoman, the, yeah, and their aye, TV aye. and their kind of Arrowverse type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so she's she's a she's a lesbian. Yeah, and uh, that they're they've gone quite in a trailer for their they've gone quite gung ho with yeah. that aye. the angle they're going for. Um, I think in the comics, I think it's like true to the comics. I don't think it's something they've just done for oh, the right. <coughs> for the TV be. show. Yeah. Um, but I yeah, the TV it. show's definitely been like well, the, we're doing the, this. The, 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 one of the lines I'm pretty sure I remember for the trailer was um, Ruby Rose says, "I the, the the suit's good, but it will look even better on a woman." Type thing. Yeah. Uh, or the other one is. Um, uh, what is it? I've not taken. Uh, uh, yeah, there's like, because also she's just, she looks like Batman and she's like, I'm not letting a man take credit. credit for a, but uh, then it shows a scene of her in her pink wig and it's just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm, it looks, it's just not trans, that part of it's not translating from comic to um, yeah, screen to me, but that's yeah. a separate, mm-hmm. that's a separate issue. Well, I suppose, coming back to the film, um, yeah, it was it was my second viewing when I picked up the, the mm. line. So, but um, I suppose it should be at least acknowledged and appreciated that they have that as, as much as it's twenty two films in kind of thing. Well, I mean, it is difficult because it's like obviously they can't please everyone, mm. and you know, I suppose would what, what do you want to see? Plus, in films where these are all films where at the end of the day. Night has a ten of saving the world. Is it really relevant? What I, someone's I, I, sex I, I life is? So. Normally, the films don't portray any any sex sexuality. Yeah. It's yeah. accepted. There's some. It's, 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 the argument to that would be some would say it's well normalized that it's straight. Yeah, but absolutely. But absolutely. They don't make any. Think they're barely the only romance in those films I can see in or anything was 
sort of flirtations between the Hulk and Black well, Widow in the Eden era kind yeah, of films, yeah. and then that was kind of dropped, and then Ron Wanda and Vision. Mm-hmm. But so, anyways, let's move on from that. So that the, the the first act we're still talking about. Well, it's interesting because Captain America, Captain America does say. Um, he's trying to have a positive outlook so he does say the line this is this is our he says something about this is our time guys we've just got to make the best of what we've got it's like the character it's is down still down to us. he still wanting to help Aye, this is his Aye. way to help is just to Aye. try and but console when you, when, you have, when you've just seen that bleak outlook and Captain America's trying to be that positive sort of it's down to us to change this we've got to just make the best of what we've got and then when you See uh, Black Widow. She's in the Avengers sort of base. Well, yeah. She's 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 still trying to hold on to that. No, 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 no. We're in control. And it's that really. uh, It's the funny scene where um, what's the who's the the Black Panthers guard? What's her name? Koi. Is it? Yeah. She's kind of going sort of showing others that there's a an earthquake or or something under the sea, and and Black Widow's kind of going right. Well, what can we do? And it's like, well. We can't do anything. It's a, it's a, it's just a force of nature. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's supposed to maybe be a kind of teaser of Namor. Possibly. Heard about mm-hmm. this character? They might go nowhere with is, it, but yeah. it could be. Is this character essentially the equivalent of Aquaman? Aquaman. Yeah. In Atlantis. Although he's more of a, he's not a bad guy, but he's just got his own interests. Like he's not really a hero. Right. Okay. Like an anti-hero. anti-hero yeah. yeah. Type. And apparently, does he not just wear speedos or something? Does he not just wear like? I, um, I think his costume's probably a bit changed. They're probably gonna have uh, to change him up a bit these days, but uh, yeah, he's basically looks like Spock but underwater. Right. Okay. Spock, Spock, and speedos. Yeah, mm-hmm. that could be interesting. Yeah. Um. So that you think that's them kind of subtly inputting that? It could be, and I don't know if that's why their line, maybe when you say we don't do anything about it, maybe because there's tensions there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could it could be one of these things where they can play it, it's just added there just in case they decide yeah. to do something with Namor in the future, or it could just be you can take it either way. I took it, I, I, it landed with me of the desperation of Black Widow to be relevant, mm-hmm. or or she still wanted the Avengers to be relevant, therefore they're tackling a you know Struck. hurricane. Yeah. So to me, it was like, more Akoye was showing up to the meeting and felt she had to say something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's not really much. Which has been nothing uh, to report. A couple uh, of waves in the sea because yeah. <laughs> they've obviously the they've obviously been meeting up regularly for yeah. a certain amount of time, and it kept and you know with <clears> no <throat> news. She's like, well, right. there's a bit of wind blew past me the other day, and you know yeah. that could be something. But I, I thought that, and it still stuck with me because again it's the I suppose you're looking into it and it's quite deep right so obviously they um, they finish talking I think that's when uh, War Machine sort of says that listen there's a guy going about killing people you know it looks pretty messy and it's Barton right mm. is, it, is it that scene when Captain America Black Widow's quite upset Captain America shows up but he yeah. says something that I think he says there's um, whales, whales in the Hudson, Hudson. And 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 she's kind of like, oh, you're trying to make me look feel look feel better or something like that. But you're kind of like, isn't that not saying that Thanos was justified in what he did? But Captain America does say, well, there's there's whales in the Hudson because there's less pollution pollution yeah. in the sea. So you're kind of like, hmm, did he have a point? Well, that was his whole That's reason his for whole doing it, wasn't it? Yeah, let, let life flourish. So I thought that was that kind of stuck with me. Um, again, don't think Captain America is quite 
on the side of Thanos at that nah. point. But <laughs> again, it was that kind of idea of we have to see the positive side. Yeah. He's trying to instill a wee bit of confidence. Um, and, and however, that all obviously goes when uh, Ant-Man turns up and uh, yeah. gives them the on, idea of... Before we get to that, nice. Black Widow herself, you can see how much she's changed. Normally every film she's got a great look, she's got a different <clears throat> dye job and... And this yeah. one, that she's let her roots grow out. Although, what struck me is weird. It's five years later, and only only they seem to have kind of grown out. Like, <laughs> so what's been happening? If she's been doing it, yeah, you know, doing it a couple of times. Maybe she, maybe she, maybe she's only yeah. maybe she and, uh, kept it up for a while, and only now is she really yeah. losing it. Maybe after the snap, she cheered up and thought, you know what, gonna do my hair. Just less <laughs> yeah. nice guys to choose. <laughs> <laughs> So, but obviously she's losing it. She's on the verge of tears and she's kind of... Uh, I thought Scarlett Hansen was amazing in that scene. Yeah. I think overall in the film, yeah. in all performances, but Scarlett Hansen certainly, yeah, I think was one of her one of her best that I've seen her in. Yeah. Um, really uh, kind of showed how much distress she was under. Kind of at the head of that, the organisation, isn't she? And, and I think at the start of it, I think, it, I think even at the end of uh, Infinity War, and at the start of this, it just shows a very human side of it. It's a very grounded side yeah. because it's like you're you're seeing these characters portrayed as heroes that nothing affects them, but actually, do you know what? This is very real. It's very we've literally lost half the the human race in the universe. It's a good way for the film. It did need to do that. It did need to show the real impact of Aye. what Thanos did to this, mm. and to spend a good almost hour, forty minutes or so. Um, to really bed in the impact to these characters yeah. in the world, I think was a really smart thing. And obviously, with the, you know, you felt like, oh, they're going to get them. We're going to get them. Yeah. Got a plan. Everyone's going to come together. But it was all a, a hoodwink, and it was yeah. smartly done. Yeah. Um, so that's probably covered the majority of the first act. Would you say? We're, well, I so obviously then so Ant-Man introduced back um, with the the fate of the world resting on a, a mouse's tail. So yes. it's fit. So um, it's a mouse jumps over the the, tack, the 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 bonnet. Is it? It's over the kind of control system. Yeah. The the kind of their own type machine, which obviously you see at the end of Ant Man and the Wasp. Um, yes, I I agree that uh, you probably did see that. I didn't see the film, so. I'd... So what we're going to do yeah. here, number one. In the end credit for this is why you kind of have to watch them all. In the end credit for Ant Man and the Wasp. He goes into this little van, quantum realm machine, doing his stuff, getting all the stuff he needs to do uh, to help Ghost, uh, the body of the one bad guys and Ant Man the Wasp. Um, but then it, he's just saying to the guys, "Right, red, come out now." But then it cuts to outside, and, and you just see them. Uh, yeah, yeah. I knew that there would be some call to it and the film would do it in a creative way and that's mm. that's exactly as I can, I can actually picture it. It was a wee bit, see, to be honest, it was a wee bit disappointing because there was a lot of fan theories and one of the fan fan, well, fan theories was Ant-Man using the quantum realm. And I don't actually feel... Do you mean know. how they beat Thanos in the end of this film? Aye, and I don't I know, know if I actually thing. know. There was actually a picture. See when the time heist is happening, there's a picture when they're in New York and it's Ant-Man, Tony Stark and Captain America. There was actually a behind-the-scenes picture of that released even before Infinity War. I don't know if he's... Yeah, there that. was, because that's when people noticed they had the their stuff on the... the yeah. and, and Stark was wearing the shield sort yeah. of uniform. So actually, probably a lot of Endgame was shot 
either at the same time. Aye, uh, as, Endgame was as, made. They had the Endgame planned out with, around after Civil War, I think. They kind of knew what they were doing with Endgame. Infinity War is the film that they were trying to kind of work out aye, how to lead up to it. Mm-hmm. Which we wouldn't know when watching Infinity War. such a tight film. But yeah. Endgame, they knew what the beats were for that, mm-hmm. that film. They knew how it was going to happen. Um, so, I mean, we haven't really spoke about McFeely, the, the, the writers, and even the direction for the Russo's. We'll maybe talk about them later, but mm-hmm. I think they've crafted such a well-paced, oh, structured aye. film. Yeah, it's, it's, both it's, directors and the writers. Aye, aye. Um, and as well as, and as we spoke about at the start, tying in so many... I mean, the little reds, and the arcs that they close in this film as well felt like things like Tony Stark meeting his dad was a great scene to, and this is the time heist, we'll maybe go into that now, we'll talk about the second act, the time heist, but that scene, it leads to a lot of great moments where characters kind of, obviously there was a bit of maybe resentment and things like that, and Tony Mm. Stark with his dad and the relationship maybe portrayed previously, but it was a nice kind of moment where Tony actually realised his dad wasn't that, that yeah. bad guy, guy. and he kind of gives him it was just a great moment uh, I thought great performance as well um, and you had the Thor very similar with Thor with his mum oh, yes exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah okay let's so essentially Ant-Man appears and the quantum realm mm. is kind of established and he explains to the Avengers I've got this crazy idea let's let's go for it mm. And that's kind of where you start entering into this the second act of the film. Like yeah, it's when you it's when you're <clears throat> the tone noticeably changes. Aye, but it's when you're introduced to uh, Tony and uh, Pepper's uh, wee girl Morgan, mm. which is actually really interesting because when you watch Infinity War again, the conversation between Tony Stark and Pepper at the start of Infinity War before Doctor Strange yeah. comes, are actually talking about oh if we have a if we have a wee girl we'll call her Morgan. All oh, right, okay. So but, again, yeah. it's kind of leading yeah. into that. So it's quite cool to kind of tie that in, um, and uh, really really nice sort of scene when she says that I love you three thousand line. Oh, uh, I love that. And that's, yeah. you know, kind of, and you don't. That obviously becomes more powerful later when he uses it again towards the end in the hologram, and it's at that point where you're kind of like, "This wasn't hard." Yeah, it's just get it's just got a lot harder. Yeah, Um, they really know how to pull this. Absolutely, Um, the heartstrings. So then, obviously, you see Tony Stark is probably the only one out of everyone who's sort of accepted it moved on and made the best of what he's got. He's obviously he's obviously created life, and he's he's. Not doing his big Tony Stark song and dance. He's got something to lose now. Aye, yeah. aye, aye. True, yeah. I, I suppose in other ways, the Hulk, we spoke briefly earlier, becoming the Professor Hulk and accepting what he is and get, merging the two facets of his character, mm. kind of a bit of a development there as well. Um, shows a little bit of, you know, he was able to focus on something else and, mm. and he seems in a happier place when you meet him. Who, the Hulk? The Hulk. I think he's just, yeah... Yeah, I mean he is. Oh, he's um, one that takes um, pictures. With I know. Uh, to fans. me, was I? To me, was still that kind of comic relief. The Hulk, and um, I think the Hulk has to be. He's usually the best for that. The Hulk is. is I don't know. I don't know. Like, you obviously are not keen on the. the, the I didn't like. I didn't like the Infinity War thing where you kind of think he's that constant internal conflict, um, and he just came across quite weak. And then I thought, in this one, he is going to be redeemed as Professor Hulk. But what he, what happened is, is that he wasn't really a Hulk. He was just it was a really kind of awkward scene. I thought 
Well, it's meant it was to almost, be, I know, it's, but it was it's all, cringing at the uh, violence and the uh, savageness of the, 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 the uh, 2012 uh, version again in the, the scene where they go back to the. Yeah. I kind of just thought that scene, the way it was done, it kind of looked like an outtake when he's kind of like pretending it. Yeah, it, it mean. Looked, looked like an outtake. It felt like it was meant to be obviously comedic yeah. and to show the difference, but it didn't land that far. I didn't Aye. laugh at it. However, it wasn't that awkward. The whole reason, I get the whole reason why he was. It was he was showed as Professor Hulk purely because he had the brain capacity to go, I can withstand the snap, which happens later yeah. in the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If that was if that was the Hulk, they'd be like, right, how how the fuck do we get this yeah, one yeah. this guy? Because he would just be he would just be throwing you about. I like the development. I quite like that version of the Hulk. It took me the, there was the first time watching it just seen him with a, mm. a hood a jumper or whatever it was and a shirt or something. Yeah. It looked a bit odd. But they, they called, so it, they called I, it, you know, they, they I'd like to, um, I would have liked an extra half an hour added onto the film to understand who made his clothes <laughs> and where he got the custom Ben and Jerry's uh, ice cream pot. <laughs> because that was like a bin of ice and not cream. Even, not even just his clothes, because whatever, someone could just need those, but like his glasses. I mean, would Specsavers make custom glasses for yeah. her, you know Not, you know to ignore all the time implications and plot holes where where did those go <laughs> where did they come from eh? um, I want a I want a trough of Ben and Jerry's yeah. just like Hulk's but yeah so we're talking the time well I so the, the, the Avengers obviously approach Tony Stark and his new uh, you know life we've got an idea Tony Stark instantly rebuffs it and just goes no absolutely ridiculous you'll cause so many you know issues with the time uh, continuum or whatever uh, that's in the, there is still really funny scenes and funny dialogue between them because obviously Tony Stark just shuts Ant-Man down well the whole totally. time everyone treats Ant-Man like a piece aye, of shit aye, in this hilarious. film Ant-Man is hilarious. is hilarious in this film and Paul Rudd is great aye um, is that comic but the writers yeah. clearly have low opinions of Ant-Man <laughs> <laughs> because he is uh, Rocket you know slang yeah, yeah. Hey, little, what is it he calls him when he's uh, a little puppy or little something puppy. Yeah. when he goes hey little puppy ruffles his hair and then hey every side Man. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line, don't you know? Um, so yeah, there's, there's so many lines. We've got who was it? Nebula calls him an idiot as well. I will see. Well, he's trying to eat his taco. The the jet lands, um, and then watch out and re and There's an idiot in the, yeah. the landing zone. So they're like, "What? I've came here to help you guys." I mean, it's fair enough when she says about Star Lord later on the film when he's well, dancing around. Aye, aye, but. Uh, We'll get to that as well. Yeah. But, um, I think that the, 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 the I think that one of the things that, that I instantly picked up on, maybe not plot hole, but it's when Tony Stark it's the it's the very quick sort of okay, right, so I now have something to lose, but actually I can't just rest in my laurels yeah. here. I can't just sit here. I need to actually do something. But it's the it's the the how quick he invents a time machine. Aye. And you're just, you know, because he just Launches up Friday, and then it's just like, oh, why don't we just move? Up, 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 up. Time machine. Yeah. I've spoken to a couple of people, one of the guys, and not a big Marvel fan, but he just goes to see them. And he said that was the moment that I don't think I actually specifically pointed that moment, but I know that was probably the point when he realized time travel was the thing yeah. that was going to resolve it, and he didn't know that going in. He was like, no, oh, done with this. And um, that moment, I could imagine, mm. and he just like, he essentially could have just clipped his fingers and he's got a time machine. It was a bit 
The film has so much to pack in that I don't know if I want much of him a montage where he's scrolling and showing bits of paper into a a bin as he's coming up with ideas and stuff. It's like, we know he's a a genius in some ways. He's got all the equipment to Mm. do these things. So it just gets the point, maybe. I know, I suppose. There could have been a scene cut out where there was a montage. Yeah. But and then obviously that's it did seem, it did seem incredibly quick yeah. but then that's obviously when they create the machine Tony Stark comes back uh, having Captain America bros again and uh, and amongst all that that's when uh, which I thought was a really cool scene with uh, is he Ronan? Okay. I think I think he's Ronan? supposed to be I don't think he ever doesn't call him by like, name, but no, I think that's... It looks, yeah. it looks like it from the... Yeah. From the, the I didn't know about this version of the character. So he's called Hawkeye. He's called, obviously, his name well, is... Well, he is Ronan, but it's that kind of... But it's that kind of... Is this another persona that he has? Aye, it's like the rogue sort of version of yeah. it. It's like... He's a kind of a murderer, but also it's justified as... Are these gangsters he's killing? Yeah, it wasn't aye, quite... good enough, because obviously War Machine's in Mexico, and he says there was a, a cartel, bunch of cartel, like, mm-hmm. slaughtered sort of thing. I think uh, his whole... Stick in the film anyway was well, you don't deserve to be alive and so many good people yeah. uh, got taken like, away so that's why he becomes a vigilante and just yeah. after the, anyone who has any read on the I mean I like the I like the character um, the one thing that I just struggled with was his haircut it's a bit of a uh, Hawkeye and Captain Marvel mm. with their haircuts like Captain Marvel, I was like, alright. Oh, actually, you can see they're trying to make it like the comics, but they just didn't make it edgy enough, and she just looked like a pure maw. Like, just, <laughs> it just, it just wasn't. As soon as she appeared with that new hair, I was like, what have they done to this, like, like this hot Captain Marvel, and now she's like, she's just, like, going down to Poundland or something? It's just, no, it just wasn't for it. Maybe I don't know what you mean. The good hairdressers were all taken but with it was, that. Yeah. <laughs> it's the scene where, so obviously you don't see Barton's he's when it's, he's in, it's at Hong Kong he's in and he's, he's, he's raining and all. But when he get, when he, he nominates himself to attempt the, the time travel back, when he's putting the Avengers suit on and you see his hair and he's just like, there is not a bit of need for that to be that perfect. Yeah. And it's just, it's just like you're a mid forties man. <laughs> have a haircut like a mid forties yeah. dad. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and not a seventeen year old boy going to a One Direction concert. It was a bit strange because it did look a bit. It was striking. Just too groomed. Aye, it's just too yeah. groomed. It was. Yeah, it looked very groomed. Aye. Like considering where he is in, in the in the film, his like motivations and yeah, yeah, yeah. where his mind is, it's felt a bit. It's more pressing matters than... Mm-hmm. Mm. Like, you can see why Scarlett Johansson's hair was the way it was. That was a, mm. a storytelling device mm-hmm. to show she is not caring about her appearance yeah. anymore. But this guy's, come out. this guy's making the conscious decision to murder everyone who doesn't deserve it, but you better be damn sure I'm going to have good hair. <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah, then but I can get past that. Well, past that. Gladly. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that haircut. That's it. That's it.